Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Tuesday, September 3rd. It's like, wait, what? It's September now, not August. It's not preseason month. It's it's regular season month. In fact, in in uh, you know, I think two days there's a football game that means something to an actual like team in the NFL. Like uh, starters are going to play the whole game, and and uh, there's fantasy implications, real life fantasy implications. Wait, so we get to really watch football again and yeah, not watch true. fourth breaking, stringers compete for the breaking third roster spot? Breaking news: The NFL season starts on Thursday. Oh. Congratulations. Exactly what you've been waiting for. Give yourself a round of applause for making it this far. Everyone's this o, everyone's 0-0. you got a real shot at the championship Dude, right now. You're undefeated. You are undefeated right now. You have not lost the game. If you're like three teams in our league, in our league that we already know are going to be 0-10. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. Um, my name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's up? We are so excited to bring you our roster cut down opinions. We're going to give you our winners and looter, loot, looters. Winners <laughs> and looters. Oh, boy. Winners and losers from roster cut down Friday and Saturday. Uh, and then we're also going to give you our top three ba- breakout players for 2019 before. This is our last episode before we start actually talking about like real stuff. That's wild, dude. Start to actually start all kinds of stuff to talk about the NFL. Yeah, like regular for season real. games. I've been so bored. I, I, I think I've talked about this a million times on this show, but I've been so bored in the last like two months. <laughs> I mean, draft was draft stuff was fun. I still got like a million and five drafts, but I'm like, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I got like I got like a bunch of money still on sleeper that I have to use for my best ball drafts, and yeah, I'm procrastinating. <laughs> um, but anyway. We're going to bring you our top three breakout players. Before we get into the news for the show, make sure you go on Twitter and uh, like us on Twitter at the FF Champs. Like us on Instagram at the Fantasy Champions. Uh, like us on Facebook at Facebook. Uh, go to Facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions and like us on there. Um, so subscribe wherever you listen Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Click the bell on YouTube for notifications. Leave a comment on YouTube. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. And share this podcast with your friends. Let's get to the news first. The Tampa Bay Times' Rick Stroud believes Bruce Arians will go with the, quote, hot hand between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. It has been confirmed that Peyton Barber is the starter for week one. Well, that's a great sign if you own so, either one of those guys. That, yeah. uh, I'm just going to flip-flop between them. I dropped Rojo, so there's that. Yeah, I would too. Uh, I don't know if I would suggest dropping him. But Unless you're in I a deep league. I didn't, have a seventh, I didn't have a seventh bench spot spell, so there was, there was that. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo remains on track to play in week one, which is good. Love you, um, Jimmy I don't, G. I don't know why he was not on track to ACL. play week one. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Leonard Fournette says he's in a much better place th- this year mentally and physically than last year. That's good. He dropped 20 pounds, and uh, he's not a hoodlum anymore. That's also good. <laughs> Kareem Hunt underwent a sports hernia. You know what's I he, A sports hernia surgery on uh, Thursday morning of last week. You know what's ironic about that? It's basically a six to eight week injury. So the time that he would spend mm. suspended is now the time that he would spend hurt. Yeah. 
Interesting. So it didn't really matter. But he cannot, like, he cannot go to the team facilities to recover. So he's got to figure out that portion of it. Um, Coach Brian Flores confirmed Thursday that Ryan Fitzpatrick will start for the Dolphins week one. Can you say his name correctly? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan oh, Fitzmagic. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Ryan Fitzmagic. Thank I'm sorry. You. you know, Josh Allen had a better preseason than Ryan Fitz- Fitzpatrick, and they're still starting. Right? You mean Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen. Wow. It's okay. Josh Literally Allen, Josh in the same division now. They're in the same division. And yeah. there's two Josh Allens in the NFL. Oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> uh, with Josh Rosen, doesn't it feel like he's kind of like been set up to fail so hard? It really is. And everyone's talking about how the Dolphins are going to tank for Tua next year. And I'm sitting here going like, so they're going to draft another quarterback that Josh Rosen is going to have to sit by. It's literally like he is a good quarterback. He has shown signs of being a good quarterback. Like, I don't know if he's a good quarterback, but he hasn't been given the chance. No, he hasn't. I, I think, well, the other thing is, too, is he, he was in a, a completely uncreative the, the, play calling system. It was like Aaron Rodgers would have probably been the only quarterback in the league that would have been good last year in the Cardinals. Their system was oh, I know. terrible. Literally no one. Uh, so I would like to see Josh Rosen on a football team that actually has a shot. The problem is, though, even uh, Rosen is going to play this year, I think. And when that happens, the Dolphins are going to be like 0-5 and, and with a terrible team around yeah. him. So he's going to struggle most likely. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that it works out for Josh Rosen because I, I, I'm actually rooting for him. He seems like a really good guy and somebody that, like, he does have good touch on the ball and he can throw it accurately. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of getting him in the right system. Um the NFL announced Josh Gordon is eligible to play week one against the Steelers. Mm. There was some concern that that may or may not be a thing. Uh, the Jets waived running back Elijah McGuire. He was picked up and put on, I believe, the Cleveland Browns practice squad. So that shows you how far Elijah McGuire yeah. has fallen. Hop on the Lev Bell train. Yeah, that actually, when I saw that, I was like, that's surprising, considering like he was the RB2 before training camp. Yeah. He was, yeah. and now he's like now he's on the practice squad of the Cleveland Browns. So that really does mean that the the left bell jump on that train. I still don't think he's going to get enough work to <laughs> to be a top three running back. But I don't disagree with you with that. But I I have been kind of saying this for a while. I think he's worth like a back end of the first round pick. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Bills released running back Lashawn McCoy. He later that day signed with the Chiefs. Uh, and Devil's, Devin Singletary is now the starter for week one, even though he's listed as the RB2 on their depth chart. Don't know why. Probably because they want to give Frank Gore the veteran, the oh, nod boy. in game one. Here we go. Not again. Yeah, not again. Uh, we will talk about the Sean McCoy, Chiefs, D- Damian Williams repercussions a little bit later in this episode. Um, the Redskins waved Josh Doxson. Their num- first-round pick, Josh Doxson, waved him. Just said, see you later, boss. Uh, he signed with the Vikings uh, later that day. Um, the Rams waived John Kelly, which means that Daryl Henderson has now earned a job. Wow, look at that. With the Rams. Uh, Malcolm Brown is probably solidified as the RB2 there, so Daryl Henderson is the three. If you wasted a seventh-round draft choice on Daryl Henderson, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yikes. Um, Broncos placed Theo Riddick officially on injured reserve with a, uh, injured reserve with a fractured shoulder. Uh, the Ravens placed Kenneth, placed Kenneth Dixon. I cannot talk today. I don't get it. Uh, on injured reserve, ending his season, and then they later cut him and came to uh, injury settlement because you can't cut guys that are hurt, mm-hmm. um, and they, they paid him to leave. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be picked up by any other team. He's not a – I mean, he's not a great running – but he could be a third running back. Yeah, he could be. Yeah. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that the Chargers have granted holdout running back Melvin Gordon permission to seek a trade – uh, this all happened this weekend, by the way. Yeah. Uh, t- Tom Telesco, the GM of the Chargers, 
informed Melvin Melvin Gordon that the, the contract negotiations were suspended until the end of the season. So it's over. No more negotiations. You either come back, you play, or we trade you. That's yep. kind of what it is right now. Um, and Melvin Gordon has said that he's not going to report for week one. So, <sighs> oh boy, it's getting real interesting. Um, I've also I also talked to you about this today. We'll talk a little bit later. Uh, I'll give you the repercussions of what I think is going to happen to Melvin Gordon when we get to the Zeke news. Um, but Texans acquired running back Carlos Hyde from the Chiefs in exchange for offensive guard Martinez Rankin. Don't know who that is. Don't know if it matters. Uh, 49ers running uh, placed running back Jarek McKinnon on injured reserve Poor ending guy, his man. season. Uh, this it literally is awful. It looked, if he doesn't get right by next season, I don't think he has a job. I don't think he's in the NFL. Yeah, he, I don't think he's in the NFL anymore. Um, Patriots re-signed Demarius Thomas after cutting him. Uh, the only reason why this was a thing is because they needed to make sure... Nikhil, they cut Demarius Thomas because they didn't know if they were going to put Nikhil Harry on IR. They put Nikhil Harry on IR and then they re-signed Demarius Thomas. I think the plan was to wait to see as long as wait as long as they could to see if Nikhil Harry didn't need to go on IR. And then when they found out, they were like, "Okay, we're just going to bring back Demarius Thomas." So one right. of those we have to get down to fifty-three guys, and until we put him on IR, we can't keep Demarius Thomas type thing. Mm-hmm. They also released Maurice Harris and kept Jacoby Myers, the Patriots. Not that anyone cares about that, but. <laughs> Uh, everyone was talking about for the Patriots that their wide receiver core was weak and Jacoby Myers and Maurice Harris were getting hyped up a lot uh, around Those the guys Patriots. Those guys like the yeah, fifth, fourth or fifth guys. guys but the- Harris was like getting hyped up a lot. The Brady really liked him and that the coaching staff liked wah, him. Wah, yeah. wah. He's been cut. Um, Coach Jay Gruden reports uh, Monday, or not Coach, he didn't report. <laughs> Reporter Coach Jay. Jay Gruden told reporters Monday that Darius Geis will get more carries than Adrian Peterson. So if mm. you are a Darius Geis truther, you can stand up stand and up. celebrate a little bit. Because hopefully the offensive line will too. Yeah. <laughs> Colts agreed to terms with Jacoby Brissett on a new two-year deal worth $30 million. So the man That's gets paid. a lot of money. Yeah, for a, well, I'm glad it's only two years. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm like, I thought they signed him to like a four year deal, and I was like, oh boy, thirty million a year. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Um, and then the final piece of news this weekend was dramatic. Mm. Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, so I was in Washington D.C. this past weekend. That's when everything was happening, and I was like in a you know museums and tied to my phone ninety percent of the time. <laughs> you can ask my like wife. A millennial will do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, and so I got a report, and I was standing in like this this like president's museum or something like that. I don't even know what it was. And uh, I literally almost screamed for joy when I saw a report that said Zeke is is uh, is growing closer to signing a contract. Is that because he's on your fantasy team? Yeah, oh, it's because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> I did something that I told you all not to do, and I won't discuss it until maybe after the season. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Basically, they were growing closer to signing a contract, and then they weren't growing closer to signing a contract, and then they were growing closer to signing a contract. Yeah, it was back and forth. Um, it was back and forth, and then somebody said that he would get a deal done possibly Sunday. If not Sunday, it would be Monday and Tuesday at the latest. So now we are uh, obviously Tuesday night, and Ezekiel Elliott has still not signed a contract, but apparently reports are that he flew from Cabo, his training facility in Mexico, and is now in Washington, uh, in Washington D.C. He's in uh, Texas, in Dallas right now, 
I think he he landed like an hour ago. So he he and his team are all there. They're getting ready to sign some form of a contract. The reports are that it's a six-year, $90 million extension. An extension. So that means Zeke would be signed eight years with the Dallas That's Cowboys. That's wild. All that talk, Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones like literally looked in the mirror on like Saturday night and was like, Tony Pollard's our starting running back week one. Come back, Zeke, please. <laughs> Uh, so Ezekiel Elliott's close to signing. Um, I I just wanted to touch on this for a second. Anybody who has Tony Pollard, do you think they should drop him and pick somebody else who's relevant? I up? wouldn't do that yet. Why? I mean, if he signs, like assuming he signs. Oh, if he signs, yes, yeah. Then I, I just dropped drop him. Yeah. Some people believe that you should keep him if something happens. I guess to if Zeke. you're in a very deep league. I was gonna say. I was gonna say like if unless you own the player. And you want to handcuff? Like I don't start handcuffing guys oh, until six like weeks into the Elliot? season. Yeah, yeah. I don't handcuff. I don't handcuff guys until like six weeks into the season. So, um, for me, I think it uh, for right now. If you need, if there's other guys on your waiver wire and you need the roster space, I would drop them. Um, but I think you know, as soon as Zeke signs, all this is over. Like, don't drop Tony Pollard until Zeke signs. Right. Um, but in case you're wondering too, if Zeke signs tonight or tomorrow. He still, yes, is eligible to play, and they said that he knows the playbook. He understands what's going on. Jason Garrett said that he would play this week regardless of when he signed the contract. So, if What it's, if he signed Saturday? <laughs> that's what a lot of people were asking, and I guess it doesn't matter. Um, signs so, it five minutes before kickoff. I, Yo, I, Coach, wait. <laughs> I would say there is about a, from reports and all the stuff going on, I would say there's about a 15% chance if you, told, you asked me this morning, I would have been about a 70% chance that Zeke was going to miss week one. Now I'm at a 15% chance that Zeke misses week one. Wow. Things could, things could change. It's a 180. Things could change. Like, they have this yeah, entire process. they have been flip-flopping. But yeah. he, uh, the intention is to get a deal done today or tomorrow morning so he can practice with the team tomorrow. He can practice whenever he wants, but he doesn't mm-hmm. want to do it until he signs a contract. So that's the revolving door that is the Zeke news. This also means repercussions. I told you I was going to talk about this with, for Melvin Gordon, and I told you this before. If Melvin Gordon was waiting for this hat to drop before he started asking for money and he was like, I want to see what Zeke gets first, and now he's going around talking to teams. Like teams will laugh in his face. Teams are going to laugh in his face. But I think this holdout is going to last the whole season. Oh, don't say that to me, bro. I don't. I, mean, I could I'm be crying. very wrong, and there's temptation in me to like, a, the, trade so, with you and trade with other people in my fantasy league yeah. to get Melvin Gordon. But then again, I, I did this last year with Le'Veon Bell, and I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna try. I know that everybody has that. Like, like I, it's not even on the back of the head. I don't even have a problem because I ended up turning Le'Veon Bell into Mark Ingram in like week eight. So I wasn't even like problematic. I got something for him, but right. I just don't want to sit there and deal with the, the drama of no, I know. having that guy. Unfortunately, I, I but he pays to, but... dividends. If you, if you keep him, he pays dividends. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so unless you had anything else to say on that, we'll move on. No, I, I mean, you pretty much touched it on all. Everyone who owns Zeke can take a deep breath. You're not quite out of the woods yet, though. I was like in my office and I fist pumped when I saw the news. I was <laughs> like, you're watching it. NFL football today. Yeah. You got that excited. I did. I did. <laughs> like, I was watching Zeke score a touchdown for my fantasy team. <laughs> Thank you, Zeke. Um, let's move into winners and losers from roster cuts on Saturday and Friday. Um, 
this whole segment's just going to be winners and losers, guys that we think are players that maybe won out on fantasy yep. in terms of cuts and, and guys that didn't. Um, this includes cuts, trades, and signings that happen yes. over the course of those three days span. I might not get to all the trades. I do want to just preliminary say, preliminarily say there was a big deal between the Texans and the Dolphins where yes. they trade uh, Laramie, uh, I don't even remember how to say his name, Laramie Tansel, is that his name? You're, yeah, you're asking the Something wrong guy. Something like that. The, uh, but they traded, they traded their franchise a, left tackle. Yes. He's a very well-respected left tackle, um, good locker room guy. To Houston, mm-hmm. um, and I believe that uh, the Texans also traded for Kenny Carlos Stills. Hyde. Yeah, I Kenny Stills was in that deal. Kenny too. Stills was in that deal too with um, Miami, and there was also a bunch of draft pick. It was a monster. Yeah, deal. Yeah, it was a monster deal. That was actually smart for the Dolphins. I actually think it was good for both teams. Like, if so, for me, like if I was, if I was, an although NFL, Houston might have gave up too much. If I was an NFL GM, the first thing I would look at is like the team and say, okay, what can I rebuild? Uh, you know, and the first they are playing Madden. The though. very yeah, that's true. They are playing. Houston's playing Madden. Both teams. In Miami is the too, NFL. Just, I literally said I saw a tweet the other day. It said NFL's playing chess and Houston's playing check. <laughs> uh, Houston's playing Madden. Madden. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's get into our winners and losers. Um, so the number one guy that I saw was a winner. And I woke up because I own this man. I woke up on the morning wow, that's... on Friday. It was 9 o'clock. On, I mean, on Saturday, it was 9 o'clock, and I saw the news that LaShawn McCoy had been cut. Mm. And I was like, A, we were right. And B, I was like, okay, all right, this is good news for Devin Singletary. I was feeling good that morning. I was like, all right, let's go. Uh, so Devin Singletary is the number one lit winner on our list. And I think it's specifically because LaShawn McCoy is probably – the biggest guy standing in the way of oh, success yeah. for Devin Singletary. Yep. Well, Frank Gore. <laughs> we know how he is with uh, I taking know. time from he doesn't running die. backs. He doesn't go away. He just exists. He exists to eat off of young running back souls. There's like, there's like, ask Canyon Drake. If you want to start the NFL old man roster, I would start with Tom Brady at quarterback mm. and Frank Gore at running back. That's a pretty good team. That's my draft right there. Larry that's Fitzgerald pretty, at receiver. That's a pretty good team seven years ago. Larry Fitzgerald at receiver. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> make a pretty stacked um, team. But a lot of people do have concerns with the fact that, like you said, Frank Gore is there. Mm-hmm. TJ Yeldon is there. TJ Yeldon has been good when given opportunities. TJ Yeldon, yeah. So And he's a good pass catching back. But you drafted Devin Singletary in the third or fourth round. I don't remember what round it was. In. I think it was the four, maybe the fourth. Who, Buffalo? Buffalo, yeah. Yeah. So you drafted Devin Singletary to be that guy. What I initially think they thought was that, okay, we're going to keep LaShawn McCoy. We're going to keep Frank Gore. We're going to sign TJ Yeldon. And then we're going to bring on this young guy. And we're going to develop him. And then when Frank Gore retires and when LaShawn McCoy leaves – we'll have running back for the future. And then when they saw him play and they were like, I think they realized, okay, this guy's more developed than we actually thought. We can make the move of getting rid of LaShawn McCoy, which is why two or three weeks ago there was a report that said they're going to trade or cut him. So I think for Devin Singletary, that shows a lot for him to think, because he's on my fantasy teams, you got to think logically. <laughs> Not with... Yeah, don't don't think uh, like I, you can get too excited and then think the guy's gonna and like there are teams that are probably gonna start him this week. Don't do that. Um, Devin Singletary is going to be one of those guys that is gonna take six weeks to turn into something eligible. Like Nick Chubb, similar to Nick Chubb, yeah. he's not going to be Nick year. Chubb. He's not going to be Nick Chubb. We're not saying that. Just as a like, it's gonna like Miles Sanders. It's gonna take the team uh, like six eight six to eight weeks to figure out mm. like okay, yeah. this is our guy. So don't. When Devin Singletary gets four points this week, don't don't <laughs> drop him 
no. and be like, oh my God, no. Oh no, Devin Singletary sucks. You know, he's not going to be a trade option for a couple weeks. He's not going to be somebody that you want to cut for a couple weeks. But hold on to him. Know that he's going to be good. I literally, two days before that news dropped, I was about to drop Devin Singletary because I freaking needed a kicker. Oh, I wish you did. Yeah. And I said, I said, I the reason why I drafted, I didn't draft a kicker in defense in our draft because I wanted to just get a couple of guys that I, I wanted to wait on and see what would happen. Those two guys, Darwin Thompson, Devin Singletary, and I waited on them, and Darwin Thompson really didn't work out too much. We'll talk about that in a second, but Devin Singletary did. So yes, in the end, I love Devin Singletary. Yeah, you should, you should check out our YouTube video. Yeah, that we put yeah. about Singletary like <laughs> like four or five weeks ago. Yeah, we were like, oh, Ridiculous. Singletary is a good uh, late round option. Do you, it's have, true. I mean, it like. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you have any thoughts on Devin Singletary, or should I just continue rambling? On <laughs> no. I, love? I mean, you can. I will. Let, I'll let, I will let you ramble about your boy. I'm good. Okay. Um, it, for, like if you drafted Devil, Devin Singletary in like the 13th round, yeah, like a lot of people did. I think you took him in in our league. I think you took him in the 12th or 13th round. 12th, 13th, yeah. I mean, you gotta be feeling pretty good because I know he's. I don't think he's like gone up crazy value because I am scared of Frank Gore. He is the soul killer. He is the young running back killer. Yep. I think they'll probably... <laughs> they'll probably Frank Gore murders. Up, yeah. I think, so I think Singletary will start. Yeah. And I think he'll probably get like maybe 54 to like 40. Okay. For like carries from Singletary to Frank Gore. Like he'll, mm-hmm. he'll get slightly more carries than Frank Gore. But it'll be kind of close. Yeah. And then TJ Yeldon will be more of like a third down pack situation. Yeah, I, I think he'll just be a change of pace. I don't even think a third down. Like they'll bring him in on on passing downs possibly. Um yeah. I, I, like it don't invest in, in TJ Yeldon. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't be crazy about TJ Yeldon either. <laughs> My hope saying, is though there's a bunch of people so that added TJ Yeldon. <laughs> what if the Bills actually do what the Dolphins didn't and barely use Frank Gore? I think it like I said, I think it'll take a couple weeks for them to do that. But if they do, and Devin Singletary, because when he was at FAU, he was a three-down back, mm-hmm. so he can be a workhorse. Like he is a workhorse, and he's good to pass. He's a good pass catcher. So they're they're the type of team that's going to run the ball a lot too. Right. I think if they're smarter than the Adam Gase, which <laughs> I, it's not hard to do, <laughs> um, they'll probably you don't. I and I love Frank Gore as a player. I just don't. Uh, oh as no, a person, yeah, don't. I don't, don't get it twisted. Yeah, but. don't get it twisted. But I think I think it's just it's over for him, and he's just kind of sticking around. Like I was hoping he would retire. Um, <laughs> but uh, do you think do you think that that Frank Gore has any standalone fantasy value no. in terms of okay? Some see some other people would say yes. I think his um, value went up, but yeah. I still wouldn't like like. Is he worth? See, for me, I'm not really interested in old players. Like some guys are very interested mm. in, in Larry, the Larry Fitzgeralds of the world. Um, not that he's a bad player or anything, but like they're just at that spot at the end of your bench, you're looking for breakout. Like they're, which they're it's hard to do for an old guy. I in our league, there was a guy who picked up Demarius Thomas, and it's a oh, this guy might still be good in a good system, but it's more or less for me like Demarius Thomas is done. Yeah, what's the guy's ceiling? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's always what I ask when I, especially with with bench spots. Right. What what's the ceiling of the player that you're picking up? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, we got to move on. This is a this is a hot hotly uh, tested debate in the fantasy football community. So it it's obvious that this is the case for both guys that I'm about to list. Um after LaShawn McCoy left the Bills, he signed later on with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I have a loser on my list as Damian Williams slash Darwin Thompson. 
Yes. I am a, I'll say this right now. I am a Darwin Thompson lover slash truther to the day I die, but I realize how bad this is for, for Darwin Thompson. This was a indictment on him. It was a, we like this sixth round running back, but we do not believe he can be the guy yet. Um, the fantasy football community jumped on it. I jumped on it. Everyone got excited. I jumped on the train before everyone else did. I was yeah. there. Um, you were controlling the engines. Darwin Thompson is still worth a flyer in the 15th round in drafts, if you haven't drafted yet. Mm. It, it, this is in case This guess, is in case LaShawn McCoy doesn't get the playbook or whatever. Which uh, he's actually, gonna he's gonna get it. I mean, but if if somebody there's a chance that LaShawn McCoy doesn't work out, he's just too old, and that Damian Williams gets hurt, and th- th- there is a chance that Darwin Thompson could jump into the you know into some kind of role in the Chiefs' okay. offense. So that's why I would say a 15th round flyer. But for me, I'll bite the bullet and say that didn't work out this year, and that's totally fine. Like I accept that, and that might be he might be reality. like I think he like what's the chances of LaShawn McCoy staying more than one year? Not likely i mean what how long was the deal it's a one-year contract one year um yeah i don't i'm not i think i don't think he's gonna stay for longer than so that. i think he's Darwin 31 Thompson's years old like how much longer can he play i mean frank gore is 37 <laughs> darwin i think darwin thompson like he is eternal if you're in never. like dynasty league like he's oh still, yeah darwin thompson keep darwin thompson like i think he'll be good in the future this year i just don't yeah there's I mean, no after those Sean McCoy. to me like i, I dropped him and I don't, unless somebody gets hurt, I don't think, like if, if, if Damian Williams got hurt, mm-hmm. God forbid, I would go out and try to snag Darwin Thompson. But at this point, yeah. I don't oh, think yeah. there's any standalone too. value for, for Darwin, Darwin Thompson at this point. Um, I do think this is an indictment on Damian Williams as well. Because Andy Reid, and now there there are people who believe, and I think you are the other side of this argument, uh, there are certain people that believe that Damian Williams will keep the starting role, and not only will keep the starting role, but will be the same type of back that he is right now. He's going to be a three top three round back, and he's going to stay in that category, and we don't have to worry. And that LaShawn McCoy was just brought in as veteran presence and as a backup, and that's all he was. You know, that's all he is. He's just more He's more of an indictment on Darwin Thompson than he is on Damian Williams, that type of thing. Um, so if you're in the crowd that believes that LaShawn McCoy was brought in here to not be utilized, you're crazy. Okay. So here's why. You don't pay, and I hate to go through the talking points that you probably heard a million times, but you do not pay a running back two to three more million dollars than the guy you want to start if you're not going to utilize him. Like, there there are people who think that Ezekiel Elliott, after he signs his freaking $90 million deal over the course of eight years, that Tony Pollard's going to get work and that people should be concerned about that. And I'm like, they're paying him $90 million. They're not going to... That's like buying a car that's extremely expensive and not utilizing it, just letting it sit there. Like, $4 million that expensive? For it's not year. that expensive. I'm just saying that... Damian Williams was not much. Everyone got excited when they extended Damian Williams. They're like, oh, they believe in this guy. And then they bring in LaShawn McCoy. And to me, I think with Damian Williams' hamstring injury, with the stuff surrounding his attitude and all that stuff, like I don't think there was much attitude. I don't think there were problems with his attitude, but there was just something about Damian Williams at the beginning. Is it just scratching you the wrong way? Yes. Before camp, Andy Reid was like, Damian Williams, Damian Williams, Damian Williams. He's the starter. He's the workhorse. He's the three down back. He's this. He's that. He was like, he was all excited. Camp started. Hurts his hamstring. Misses 14 days of training camp. He goes, 
I'm not liking this. And then he gets pissed off. And then Darwin Thompson jumps up in the lineup. Carlo, even Carlos Hyde, I don't know if you remember, first week of camp, he was saying that Carlos Hyde was having a better camp than Damian Williams and that Damian Williams needed to report and that he sounded frustrated that Damian Williams had not had not participated because of his hamstring injury and all that stuff. And so, and then Carlos Hyde, obviously we know what happened. He got cut. Carlos, I could pull all the, I could pull out all the reports if you want me oh to, because you're making faces, but that actually happened. So they cut Carlos Hyde or got rid of Carlos Hyde. They traded him away to Houston, right? Okay. Um, so now Damian Williams sit here. I'm, I'm, I'm going on a rant. I need to stop. Damian Williams is now sitting here as the main back, and Darwin Thompson is the two, and everyone is freaking out about Darwin Thompson. So what does, they, what does Andy Reid do? He goes out and gets LaShawn McCoy. So you're telling me that they're not going to utilize LaShawn McCoy. I'm not saying they're not going to utilize him. So here, here, here I think I, I just you, don't. you said I'm on the other side of the argument. I'm okay. not necessarily Damian Williams is a bust. The other side. I see. I actually agree with you on that from where he was getting drafted. Right, like in our league, right. he was a second round pick. Right, to me, that he's going to be a bust when it comes to that. He's not going to be a second round talent. Right, but to say he's like going to be useless now, I I don't think he's going to be useless. I just think the type of player that you don't think he he's going to start. Here's the thing: is if you're if you're sitting there, I think he's going to start. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I have a question for you though. If yeah. you're sitting there, you told me earlier today you said he's a fifth. Fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, right? He's somewhere in that range, yeah. Do you, when you're sitting there in the fifth or sixth round, what are you looking for? A player with upside. Am I wrong? For the most part, yeah. Does Dar- Does Damian Williams have that amount of upside? Like, a lot of people drafted Damian Williams with a second or third round pick because they believe Damian Williams can be an RB1 this year. What percentage would you put on Damian Williams being an RB1? It's a lot lower now with LaShawn McCoy. See, I don't think he can do it at all. I see. I don't know about that at all. Yeah, I told I told everyone at the beginning so, of this: don't draft Damian Williams because he's going to be a bust, and it's literally happening before our eyes. But the truthers don't believe it. Now, I could be wrong. I could be very are wrong. You, are you just a hater? I am a hater of Damian oh, Williams. Gosh. Yes, I'm bitter. Um, I I picked up Spencer Ware last year as my handcuff, and he sucked. <laughs> Damian Williams came in. Um, I also want to note to the uh, fantasy football people because I know you're not one of those people that believe you're like, oh, Frank Gore sucked. Why, you know, why would you think that he's going to be good? Mm-hmm. Um, LaShawn McCoy had his most success with one man, and that man's by the name of Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid was coaching the Philadelphia Eagles when LaShawn McCoy had some of the best years of his career. He's also in the prime of his career. He was also Very in the prime young. of his career, right. So a lot of people are saying that he's a 31-year-old running back that averaged 3.2 yards a carry and like had his worst career year in like five different categories, right? Mm-hmm. So my, that's people's argument to saying that he's not going to be the starter Damian Williams is. But you could also make the argument on the flip side that it's for running backs, it's all about system and it's all about situation. I don't think the Buffalo Bills was a good situation for LaShawn McCoy. Going back to a very good offense in, in, in Kansas City, if he averages 3.2 yards a carry and like has a, a terrible year, he's bad. He's just not good anymore. He's done. But that's not going to happen. I think it's system-related, and I think that's why he sucked last year. I think it's partly system-related. But when Damian Williams with my, with, was with Miami, was he any good? No, but... <laughs> so the Miami. flip side. Yeah. 
I'm just I saying. I'm, I'm that, saying it's the Chiefs system, he, and now they're saying that they're going to be. So who fits the Chiefs system more, though? I think they both do. Who fits it? But more? I think I think Lashawn McCoy is the better pass catcher and the better no. runner. See, I don't runner. You might you might be right. If I talk to Not you, pass catcher. If I talk to you a year ago about Damian Williams, the third string running back, and I said that you would be saying right now that Damian Williams is a better pass catcher than Lashawn McCoy, you would be like. Wow, that's not true. I would never say something like that. Damian Williams was a third-string running back last year. Sure, what do people not get about that? Play, He's not Tom Brady a good was a backup back. quarterback. That means absolutely nothing. He's not a good running back. He has been in the league for six years or five years or whatever it is, and he only has 200 carries over the course of his Dude, entire you know, career. You know that doesn't mean he's, He's ne- not, not that good. great. That could just mean opportunity. I think he's worked in like four games for the Chiefs as a starter, but overall, I just don't. I don't think he's going to be good this year. You actually, like, are I think hater. he's going to be You're a high end RB three. That's it. That, oh. At best, at best. All right, can I can I make my argument now? Yeah, go ahead. I'm done. I don't like Damian Williams. Don't draft. I can him. tell. Do not draft Damian Williams. Draft him. If I was actually gonna, I was gonna actually say right now, Damian Williams' value is so low. Uh, if you are in a fantasy league, I would. I mean, obviously, you're in a fantasy league listening to podcasts. So if I would say buy, I would go after Damian Williams as a buy candidate right now. Like I already tried, even and, though you just said he's trash and isn't low end RB three and all yeah, that. Yeah, I would. Well, there. I think the other side of it too is that he does. He as much as I don't like him, and I think he's a bust. There is upside, and if he, if you can get him right, because I doubt a you team, just you just said hold that. On, you, hold on, hold on, I doubt a team who gave up a second round pick is going to do this, okay. but. If you can get Damian Williams at a value that is really low, like shoot while, shoot to trade for him while he's low, and I'm wrong, right? Which could be very possible. Like I'm willing to take the risk that I'm wrong, pick up Damian Williams and put him on my bench, and then if he ends up being what you're saying, then I end up being right. Every player has a buy low for me, and I think right now Damian Williams is a buy low candidate. I'm not so I'm not saying Damian Williams is going to be worth the second round pick. But to call him trash. See, I don't think he's a fourth or fifth round pick either. I think he might be a sixth or a seventh. But you know what he reminds me of? Derek I'd say Henry. fifth. Well, so, okay. Let's also, before we get really deep into this discussion, I think we need to address a few things. One, what league are you playing in? If you're playing in a standard league, I think that changes things. If you're in a half PPR or PPR, especially a full PPR league, yeah. I think Damian Williams is worth a fourth round pick. Because I think they're going to use him a lot in the passing game. I mean, look at the third preseason game. He had like a 71-yard touchdown off of an RB. Like, he rolled out to the left. Mahomes gave it to him. Yeah. 71-yard touchdown. But that that's happened. I mean, look at when Kareem Hunt was a running back. They used. Yeah. They had a lot of screens. They love to use the running backs in the passing game. And Damian Williams is an excellent pass-catching back. See, I, th- I feel like... This is my whole situation with the Kansas City backfield. I understand that he's a good pass catching back, but my my situation with the the entire Chiefs backfield is that if you normally have an RBBC sitting in front of you, <laughs> you're drinking from a straw right now, you killer. Ice tea. Um, if you have Damian Williams on your fantasy team, and I don't even remember what I was saying. Because I was drinking from the straw. Yeah, it was because you were drinking from the straw. I'm sorry, boss. Um, no, that's all right. Continue with what you were saying. Maybe I'll get it back. <laughs> I think it was pass catching. Anyway, Damian Williams, to me, is still going to be worth it. Yeah. If you're in a standard league, it's a little different, I guess. I think he's going to be the starter. 
I don't think LeSean McCoy is going to play a full 16 games. When was the last time LeSean McCoy played a full 16 games? When was the last time Damian Williams played a full 16 games? Mm, Touche. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> no, I Damian get it. Damian Williams has been a backup running back, though. No, I understand How that. How many I just times mean, has he not like, played 16 because okay, of four days Okay, four days in the camp, he had a hamstring injury. Right, but he's going to be Hamstring like, injuries linger. Like I feel like he's going to be dealing do, with that all year. You said four days into camp? Yeah, something like that. That's a long time ago now. We'll see. We'll see. Some, we'll see. I just I, I, I mean, feel you as yourself, though, you think Damian Williams is still going to be the starter going into this? Oh, I think Damian Williams is still going to be the starter. So if, but I think, if he's I think the it's going to be an, an RBBC. And, and that is my big thing, is that uh, normally we would advise to avoid an RBBC. And especially if, like, because LaShawn McCoy can be a good pass catching back. So that doesn't mean that automatically Damian Williams is going to go. Like, some teams have, like, the Patriots. Sonny Michelle is a good pass catching back, but they don't utilize him that way. They utilize they him on the ground, and then they have James White. That's not how they're gonna, the Chiefs are going to do it. Uh, we've just ne- the, the the interesting thing about this whole situation is, and this is why I'm not buying any of the Chiefs running backs. Like I'm not going after McCoy. I'm not going in drafts. I'm not going after McCoy. I'm not going after Damian Williams. I'm avoiding it as, as entirely is because Andy Reid has never touched the rbbc thing before and now he's in he's doing it so, he's going to do it's proof by signing Lashawn mccoy he's doing that so how does he utilize it is he going to do it like Lashawn mccoy on the ground damian williams in the air is he going to put damian williams in there for 50 percent of the time and Lashawn mccoy in there for 50 percent of the time i think damian williams still has fantasy value but the value is not that high anymore. Well, of he's course, not worth not a, as... he's not worth a second round pick. He's right. not worth a third round pick. He's not even in a, in a PPR. Even in a PPR, he's not worth a fourth round pick to me. I'm just one of to me. I avoid scary running back situations, and this is one of those scary running back situations that I want to avoid. I get your argument, but like, That's if you are gonna draft, argument. if you are gonna draft an RBBC, yeah. Wouldn't you want it to be an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs? No, I know that's that's the hard part about it. And NFL. And ultimately, right I think after eight weeks, somebody's going to emerge from that backfield. And I don't know who it is. I don't think it's going to be Lashawn McCoy. I don't. It could be. Like I think I, I think Darwin Thompson has. <laughs> Here's the yeah, thing. I'm just not high on McCoy. I think that's who's the, the better all around back, Lashawn McCoy or Damian Williams? I think when healthy, probably Lashawn McCoy. So if he was to go back to a three running back three down featured running back like between the two of those guys, I think it would be LaShawn McCoy because he's the better all around back. If he stays healthy for a full 16 game season, like I think that's the guy he would go with. He knows the system. He understands what's going Doesn't on. It's it not feel like, though, like just like LaShawn McCoy is being added as like a veteran. Like he's not, he's not there to get 15 carries. Now. I think, I think the chiefs have been looking for somebody to fill that role. And they haven't found anyone. Like it's just. I think been they game. want it. To I be think Damian the Williams. assumption is that makes is that fair that I don't they want it. To I don't be, think they want it to be Damian or Darwin. Also. They want. I don't think they want to bring in Lashawn McCoy and make him the workhorse. See, I think Andy Reid did because Andy, Andy Reid might, but like yeah. the team. No, wants I like know. a young guy I, they to come want, in and like a career right, punt. Right. Um. I, I I referenced this when I started when I did Damian Williams research in the past, and we got to move on. But when I did Damian Williams research in the past, I referenced a couple seasons ago when Kareem Hunt broke out and had a big they should not have <laughs> the Chiefs like they I mean they, they did the they right kinda, thing they kind of had to they kind of had to at the time but they could have just let him be suspended for like half a season and then been okay I, I, I never mind <laughs> anyway they got Damien uh, what is a Kareem Hunt 
started playing for the Chiefs two years ago. They drafted him in like the third round. Um, that season before they drafted him, Spencer Ware was who was the guy before that? It was Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. Jamal yeah. Charles came in. He left, and then the guy that in that season split was supposed to be Spencer Ware. He played like one game before Cream Hunt ripped the job out of his soul and like ran all over the field. So right. they usually what happens is ev- they usually find a running back relatively quickly, especially in Andy Reid offenses. But they usually have a young running back that they get in the fourth, third, fourth round. This year they drafted Thompson in the sixth, and he could have arguably been a third or fourth round back had he played for a D1 school longer than one year. So I, I think they think they have that in that in, in Darwin Thompson, but I think at the same time they're just kind of looking at it going, okay, this guy's just too young. He's not there yet. You know what I mean? We don't think he's there yet. And I think that's why they brought in LaShawn McCoy. But I do think that this is going to be... I mean, Andy Reid said it in a press conference yesterday. He said Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are both starters. And mm. in the end, those two guys are going to be there. Yes, Damian Williams still has standalone fantasy value, but I don't think he's worth Dude, a second, third, fourth, or fifth round pick. One last thing I'll say about Damian Williams. Right now, NFL.com, in PPR leagues, he's going, I think, late seventh round. Last I checked. Because I did a I did a draft last NFL. night. NFL.com is such a trash. I know it's I know it's NFL.com, but like there's a lot of sites right now where he's going seventh, eighth, right, eighth yeah. round. Right. You have to draft him. Yeah. At that spot, I think you need to take advantage of the panic. I think there's a lot of panic right now with Tammy Williams. Yeah. There's not I, a lot I, of drafts left, so. <laughs> I know, but even if you so if you drafted him in the second round, don't just get rid of him either. Yeah. Play this out. Be patient. Relax. Could be also a massive bust. Um, I get it. I, I get it. I did my I did but, I did my rounds on Twitter. So uh, number three, our winner, Deshaun Watson. Um, in a in the trade with the Miami Dolphins, where they got Laramie Tunsil, I think his name is. Yeah, we'll just say uh, that they got a. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, they Pronounced. they literally got one of the best left tackles, and they pulled off Will Fuller as well. You mean so, Kenny Stills? Kenny Stills. I'm sorry. Um, Kenny Stills is going to be the third wide receiver. That was more who of an indictment picks, on right? Kiki Kuti. Yeah, who needs draft picks? Just give them all away for a, a you know a franchise left tackle. Um, Which I mean, uh, <laughs> to protect Lashawn McCoy. I mean, not uh, Deshaun. <laughs> you got you got Chiefs. In your I mind. got Chiefs on my mind. But Deshaun Watson is a winner uh, through Cut Weekend. I'll call it Cut Weekend. Uh, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Sure. Um, but he was a winner this weekend, more specifically because they brought in a left tackle, they brought in another wide receiver, and now they got they also brought in Carlos Hyde too. So it's like depth move. They got they got a couple uh, they got a couple of pieces there to put around Deshaun Watson. And like, if you didn't already believe that Deshaun Watson could finish as the number one quarterback in fantasy this year, you should now. Like, mm. I know there's a lot of people that st- are still holding on to Mahomes. Including but myself. Watson, I have Deshaun Watson on my fantasy team, and I still would. I still love Mahomes so much more. <laughs> oh God! I liked. I love Deshaun Watson though, and I think. Yeah. I think the biggest move was the left tackle. It wasn't Kenny Stills. It wasn't Carlos Hyde. That left tackle is huge. That offensive yeah. line has struggled, especially last season. It's going to be very, very important for him to kind of fill that role. Yeah. Not only to fill in the offensive line, but kind of like help the rest of the guys go along he's known as a right. locker room presence so that's going to be a real key yeah but honestly it's even huge. Kenny, Kenny Stills like your receiving core the Texans probably have the best receiving core in football maybe it's arguable yeah Kenny, it's pretty good Kenny Stills Kiki Will Fuller DeAndre Hopkins 
Yeah, those four guys are. That's a very yeah, very good, good foursome. So I mean, I think Deshaun Watson right now it has all of the tools to be the best fantasy quarterback. Yeah. I Major. mean, and even if he's not, I think he's going to be top three in barring any injury. Yeah, he, they're they're going to throw the ball a lot too this year, a lot. Right. Um. So in in the same discussion, we'll also throw in uh, loser Kiki Kuti and Will Fuller. Yes, fantasy wise, so they say Will Fuller is going to be in the same role. I don't believe it. Um, I think he probably will to an extent. This is more of a huge. Uh, there was a large community of people that loved Kiki Kuti, mm-hmm. and uh, they were super excited about Kiki year. Kuti. I did like him last year, and I liked him this year, but I think the excitement got too... I think he became at one point like a ninth-round pick. That's too much. And the excitement got way too high on Kiki Kuti. Um, and so what's interesting to me is that I think the Kenny Stills thing is not an indictment on Will Fuller at all. I think it's more or less a, an indictment on I don't on even Kiki know if Kuti. it's an indictment. I think it's just them just stacking up. Yeah, I guess so. But I, Kiki Kuti is now the fourth wide receiver on the roster. So yeah. to me, like he's not even – he's if you have him on your fantasy team, just drop him. It's not even worth keeping him. I mean, Will Fuller might get hurt, and he might be the wide receiver. I, would, three, I actually would – I if you're in a deep league, I would keep him just for that because I think Will Fuller – I mean, it stinks to say, but he's been hurt every year of his career. Like, yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I think the big, big loser is Kiki Kuti and possibly Will Fuller. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with Just that. Just because there's only so many targets that can go around. But if Deshaun, if they, if Houston throws it yeah. as much as like Pittsburgh right. did last year, could you see like a possibility of all four guys being in fantasy play? No. Like, I mean, no. last year we saw Brandon Cooks. Maybe Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, but not all four guys. What about three of the four? <laughs> if they throw the ball a lot. And it's, Watson it's, has like it's gonna be hard. An, an MVP type season. It's gonna be hard. It's not. They're not gonna throw it nearly as much as like Kansas City or, or Pittsburgh. Or they Atlanta. might, dude. They really might. He doesn't throw it that much, though. Remember, that's he, true. They'll, they'll do like a. Too. Yeah, but he's a he's throw. First I don't. I don't. There, it, on no team is it possible to get all three guys. No, no, super no. But involved. if there's gonna be a team this year, it's Houston. Like Los Angeles last year, maybe did it, but that's only because multiple guys got hurt. Yeah, right. Cooper got hurt. So, um, it. We'll see what it's happens. Possible, I don't. Though. I don't. I honestly think it's possible. Not all four, but yeah. like to have three of the four guys have solid fantasy seasons. Yeah. Um, number five winner, Matt Breida. Ooh. Now, I put Matt Breida on this list more specifically because Jarek McKinnon was placed on IR. And I, I do believe as much as people are holding on to the Tevin Coleman train, I think it will, it will take... Including you? It will take the 40... No. It will take the 40... You drafted numbers. McKinnon and... Or, I mean, uh, Coleman in one of our mocks. I did. <laughs> uh, just because he's the starting running back for 49ers right now. That's fair. Um, but Breida, I think when it comes down to it, if they want a workhorse, it's going to be Matt Breida. Um, well, I don't know. I, think, I don't know about that. I think that Tevin Coleman's just not it. I think he's always been a number two running back. And I think that's what, like last year, that what you get, like your offense in Atlanta is really good. And Tevin Coleman couldn't produce more than like 10 points a week in a standard league. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't, he didn't have massive upside. He wasn't a guy that you thought could break out. And now he goes to basically the same exact system in the 49ers and you are thinking he's going to be like this big? I don't. I don't think so. I think that Matt Breida 
showed signs of being a really good running back last year and that yeah. he can be a three down back and he i think that there's a possibility that he can do that and if if the if the Tev, if if the i was going to say the tevin coleman's um, <laughs> if the 49ers give him that opportunity he'll take advantage of it but it's just a matter of seeing that so my problem with Pareda, i will actually really love Pareda, but just like i don't know if he can be a workhorse necessarily he's kind of yeah. tiny i think he's perfect if you have somebody to compliment him I think Coleman actually would be a good compliment, but I would say Burita is the guy over yeah, Tevin like, Coleman. Yeah. And did you know um, this was updated today? Actually, you know who's the starter on the depth chart? Who? It's now Matt Burita. It was Tevin Coleman, but interesting. Yeah, their depth chart says Matt Burita will be the starter for week so one. Matt so Matt Burita is 195 pounds and five nine. Yeah, he's a little bit small. He that's actually bigger than I thought. I thought he was like five eight one. Like one eighty, needs to bulk up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I don't disagree with you. I just think that out of that, uh, I think like, you get like Jarek McKinnon now, like basically done. Like I think their only yeah. reason why they're keeping him on is because they have a lot of money that they own. Um, for me, I think Breda is probably going to be like he is at this point. If they have to choose a running back, he's probably it. You think he could be like a Tariq Cohen, but with mo- uh, slightly more carries? Yeah. See, I agree. And I, if he does that, he's actually worth, like, he's he's an easy flex. He might even be an RB, too. Yeah, and he wasn't even that great of a pass catcher in college. No, so. but he was last year. He was no, fantastic he was good. He was very year. good last year. So, yeah, um, if you had Matt Breda, you probably drafted him in, like, the 10th round, right? 10th, 11th round? Yeah. And now, I mean, he, you could legitimately start him week one. Right. Especially um, in PPR. So the final one, the last loser, we'll just do this one rel- relatively quickly. We put the entire Dolphins team. Yes, on everyone Dolphins. on the Dolphins. Everyone on the Dolphins. Actually, losing one of your best left tackles hurts Kalen Balaj and Kenyon Drake. Yep. It hurts Ryan Fitzpatrick, which in turn hurts the receivers. Yep. I think the only guy that maybe got a bump was Albert Wilson because now yeah, he's the number two I would wide say, receiver. Yep. And um, Preston Williams, which I don't know if you've heard of him yet, but he basically, he was a fourth, he was the fourth or fifth wide receiver and won a job. And now he's the third guy on the team. So keep an eye on Preston Williams. He could be one of your third wide receiver breakout players. Is there anyone on the Dolphins now that you would, other than Kenyon Drake? Kenyon Drake is only it. And even him, I Belage, think he's going down slowly. Well, <laughs> I don't know about going down slowly. We'll see how he plays in a game first. That's but. true. I know. But the, dude, the <laughs> left like, tackle thing they hurts, played, they, but I think Laramie uh, was, the left tackle was holding out. That's why they ended up trading him. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't. Oh, playing. was he holding? Yeah, out? yeah. So they didn't. They played the entire preseason without him, and Kenyon Drake still looked okay. So I don't. I mean, obviously, preseason. Yeah, but. it's preseason. It's vanilla, but we'll we'll see what happens. But the whole entire Dolphins offense kind of kind of lost on that one. Um, so let's get into our personal top three breakouts. We'll just go back and forth on these really quickly. Okay. Um, my number one breakout player. I've been talking about him for months. This started at infancy. <laughs> Be like that guy from ESPN. I've been watching this guy since high school. Oh, gosh. I have not been watching this guy since high school. Um, but David Montgomery is my number one breakout player, and I'll tell you why. And a lot of people would be like, why isn't it Josh Jacobs? I'm not going to tell you why <laughs> on that point. But David Montgomery is my one of my breakout players only specifically because he's going to get an insane amount of work. Like he's going to get an insane amount of touches, insane yep. amount of work. He's going to put together a. I think he's going to put together a great rookie campaign, and I, I'm. I don't want to say. The, <laughs> I don't want to get too hot into my take. Oh, <laughs> but I do think he has the the chance and the upside to be at least, um, not at least, but 
I think he has the chance of being an RB1 this year. And I don't think that is like super crazy hot takey, but like, do you remember Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt's breakout season where they finished like top four, top five? Yes. There was a possibility for that for me with this guy. You are in love with Montgomery. I love David Montgomery. I, I literally, I, you remember, I talked, I want, when I started watching film on running backs, I watched David Montgomery and I was like, oh, I really like this guy. I hope he ends up with a good team. And I said, the perfect fit for him. This was like three nights before the draft. I said the perfect fit for him is David uh, is the Chicago Bears, and he got drafted by the Bears, and then slowly he's worked into that number one feature role. Um, Mike Davis right now, according to um, ESPN and NFL.com, is third on the depth chart right now. So I think David Montgomery is going to start Week One. I think he's going to get sixteen to eighteen touches, and I think he could probably put up a hundred yards and a touchdown and start showing you why he's good. Um, I also root for him and his personal story, and I love David Montgomery. Breakout player. Got it. I like David Montgomery too, but not as much as you. Who's your breakout? I got Carrion Johnson, number one on my list. Ooh. Just dropped my phone. My bad. Anyway, Carrion Johnson, number one. For me, I mean, we've both been actually on the Carrion Johnson trade for a while. I think hopefully the Lions utilize him the way he should be. Because this guy can be a total workhorse. And if the Lions do utilize him yeah. the way he should be, he will be a total workhorse. Um, last season, his rookie season, he didn't... <laughs> Key words, if the Lions utilize him the that way That actually is legit. That's a legitimate worry. I'm not even joking. But last season, Carrion averaged 5.4 yards per carry when he was out there. <laughs> very, very good. Um, his season got cut short a little bit because of injuries. And they didn't even start him the whole time because LeGarrette Blount was there. Yep. This season, they brought in C.J. Anderson to be kind of a mentor. He's not going to be taking a lot of snaps, hopefully, from carry on. You know, um, you know how they love those bricks. Right, but the, Theo Reddick's gone like now, to too. stack the line with a wall and just have <laughs> somebody run through it. Carry on Johnson's going to be the focal point yep. of that offense. Especially with the passing work and that last, he's going I, I, I was trying to look it up on my phone. I saw a stat the other day. That they were showing 2018 fantasy points per game mm-hmm. or points per touch. It was points per touch. And yeah. carry on, I think, was like 1.4. Yeah, and full PPR. Which was higher than yeah. McCaffrey. Yep. Kamara. Yep. He was like top five in the league. Yeah, I mean, if he gets, I've talked about points per opportunity or points per touch before. And if carry on Johnson gets that, that one point. That's what I'm saying. Fantasy, it's yep. it literally only thing that i am it's the passing work that is got to get him there but i which, think it with theoretic gone yeah it's gonna you happen. Think, i mean it's gonna happen the only concern is the lines his arch enemy right now is his own team if it, but like i said he gets he's he's capped to me by his ability to produce in the red zone that's about it see i don't even know about that because if, if cj anderson they brought him in and they're paying him money they're going to utilize him in some way and i think i, mean, it, I think it's to I'll be say, a bowling so ball in the red goal zone. line versus red zone maybe goal line you might you might see that like he'll lose work there but i think it i think CJ, i think he's, he'll still get i think he's cj anderson scores enough though. touchdowns to take away from carry on to kind of temper people in terms of like for me if they don't utilize cj anderson at all and carry on johnson's a three down workhorse workhorse then uh, you know you win but uh, like it it being in a realistic sense of predicting like what a what a team's gonna do and how a player is gonna gonna play 
I would be of the mind to think that the Detroit Lions are going to utilize C.J. Anderson in the red zone and in the mm-hmm. on the goal line to try I, to get the ball. I don't, the ball I don't necessarily zone. disagree with you. I but think I that st- that work's just going to get stolen from Carry On. I don't want it to be. I like Carry On Johnson, but I just think, I think that's what's going to. I think end up he happening. could still, even with that happening, get ten touchdowns and the amount of yards he can all get. Purpose. Yes, all purpose touchdowns. Like because I think he'll get a few. Receivers. Zeke had eight boss last year. <laughs> I think I actually think Carrion like will be a Zeke type player. Like I think a, he'll get a lot there's of yards. A real possibility that he gets 16, 1700 yards this year. Um, not Zeke like, and like Zeke gets twenty one hundred. Yeah, he's insane. But Carrion gets sixteen, seventeen hundred yards this year, all purpose. Like maybe he gets like twelve hundred rushing yards and maybe five to six hundred passing yards or receiving yards, I should say. Um, and I think that he gets that, but then he's capped by his touchdowns. And I think that is kind of like he could still be an RB one though. Depending on what, depending on how many touchdowns you think he's capped by, like how many. Like touchdowns if he gets, he, if he gets, if and I think this is a real, like realistic projection. Like if I pull up Fantasy Pros, you know, um, consensus projections for everyone, yeah, you will probably see six to seven touchdowns for Carry On Johnson. Now that's where I would kind of think he is. If he gets sixteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred yards and six or seven touchdowns, I think you're talking get, about I think he'll get more than six or seven TDs. Though. 190, we, 190 to. 195 fantasy points is where I would kind of see him at. That is uh, like that's not an unruly projection either. That's like that's like R, that's high end RB two. If what you said is right, then he can finish as an RB one this year. I, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's touchdowns. The the, the difference between him being an RB one and an RB two. Both guys we've talked about. I think like Mc, Montgomery too. You have to worry about Tariq Cohen. I think will get involved a lot, especially yeah. in the passing game and stuff. And then for carry on, it's CJ Anderson, but. Both those guys are third round picks. Right. For, like I'm playing devil's advocate because I think Carryon Johnson is going to be a breakout. I'm just trying to temper excitement for people. Yes. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't go crazy were, on Carryon because there were there were two guys for me that I was thinking about it today. Two guys that I think are going to be breakouts that people are going to buy so high on with a potential of bust, and that's Carryon and um, who's the other guy? Who is it's the gone. other guy? gone but i did have carry on on that list okay he's gonna be one of those guys that everyone it really buys, depends buys, who you're buys, talking buys, to buys. some people are like oh it's probably marlon mack that's what i was thinking of it was some people are like that though with carry on and he's like flying up boards he's early or late second round pick all of a like, sudden but like some you go to I'm some s- leagues dude yeah, yeah right in our league he fell to the fourth round yeah well <laughs> that's basically a third round pick for our league i know but i mean you were in 401 it was it was i get but i don't think he would have been the next guy off the board I think he would have fell a few more spots if I didn't take him. Like, and I mean, and I've done a lot of, I mean, we've both done a lot of mocks, but mm-hmm. he's been going in like the fourth round in a lot of leagues. I think that's fantastic value for Carryon Johnson. You're, you're pumping your fist. What's going on? Uh, so Zeke's agent uh, landed and they asked him how close the contract negotiations were. And he said, very, very close. I love you. Um, no, I, I do. I, like I said, I'm just, I'm simply playing devil's advocate. I really do love carry on Johnson. I think he's going to be a breakout guy, but RB two, like realistically, I think he's going to be a high end RB two. Like I would. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's probably realistic as to, but if he does do what you're saying, then he's got, he has RB one potential breakout yeah. potentially. Uh, he has that, he has that Joe Mixon jump from, yes. you know, fifth, fourth, fifth round from last year into, you know, the top 10. Um, my second guy is Tyler Lockett. Now, Love this is Lockett. a little bit of a surprise for me personally because in the last couple of weeks, I've kind of, you know, they cut Jaron Brown, then they brought Jaron Brown back. One of their other backup wide receivers got hurt. DK Metcalf is playing week one, but he's dealing with like an assortment of injuries. So, <laughs> right. 
right now, Tyler Lockett is the man's. Like, who are the Seahawks going to throw it to besides Chris Carson? Like, who are they going to throw it to? They don't have a sufficient tight end. No. Nope. DK Metcalf is a rookie, and he probably doesn't have that connection with Russell Russell Wilson He'll yet. Probably get. And the only guy left in that offense Tyler is Russell. Lockett. Uh, Tyler Lockett. I'm sorry. And so for me, I think is there a possibility? Is it almost is it out of the realm of possibility for Tyler Lockett to get 140 targets this year? No. And honestly, if you if you watched a lot of Seahawks games last year, yeah. Unfortunately for me, I did have Tyler Lockett last year, which was <laughs> hell for somebody who was trying to yeah. convince people to <laughs> to take him to go after him. And he kept he kept scoring touchdowns, and then one week he'll get like five yeah, points, and right. it was impossible. Anyway, I watched a lot of Tyler Lockett last year. Right. One thing I can say about Tyler Lockett is Russell Wilson trusts him. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Like he might be, especially with Doug Baldwin gone, he is his go-to guy. There is no doubt about it. Third downs, late in the game, he's looking for Tyler Lockett. And you're telling me right now with the Seattle Basically offense, like nobody there, right? That he's not gonna, yeah, get it's, involved. It's hard to, it's hard for me to believe that Tyler Lockett's not going to be involved in that. Passing my game only, so my only concern is the Seahawks do have a history of, especially Russell Wilson. He likes to spread the ball, yeah. and they don't throw the ball a ton. They actually run yeah. the ball the most in the NFL, I think, yeah. behind Baltimore or them and Baltimore are the two most. So they don't throw the ball a ton anyway. Yeah. But when they do, they're going to be looking for Tyler Lockett. He was he was one of the most hyper efficient uh, wide receivers in the NFL last year. He oh, had yeah. when when Russell Wilson targeted uh, targeted Tyler Lockett last year. I believe his passer rating was the best in the NFL. I don't know if that's you know, we all thought entirely it was kind of accurate. A fluke. It was it was highly it was way too efficient. That's why in the beginning of the offseason I was like don't buy Lockett, don't buy Lockett, don't buy Lockett because the efficiency was going to the drop. The efficiency is going to drop still, but like his targets also That's that the up. thing the thing that's not going to regress is how many targets he gets. Right. And if he gets that amount of targets and he he do you know how many fantasy points per per uh per catch he had? I I believe that's the metric. Or no, fantasy points per target. Fantasy points he had target. What is it? So normally for a wide receiver, like Odell Beckham, for example, is at like 1.7, 1.8. That's good. You know, guys like Devontae Adams, same area. Okay, 1.7 is Tyler good. Lockett was three. Whoa. Really? Yes. That is Isn't absurd. Isn't that insane? That is absurd. So if he, if he comes out and he does 2.2 and he gets 140 targets, this guy is going to be a monster in PPR settings and a monster in half PPR settings and a monster in standard leagues. <laughs> like he's going to be really good. I don't know if that's good. The, the question is Tyler Lockett was very efficient on small, like a small target share. Right. Can he do that on a large target share or is that it does, does that not equal success for him? You know, that's the question. Can he be a good wide receiver? One, um, I saw somebody online and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but the parallels between Devontae Adams' statistics before he broke out and Tyler Lockett's statistics before he broke out are line, like lined up with each other. That's interesting. Tyler Lockett's going to break out this year. Can you give us our next one? All right. A guy we've been on for since like... Jump on the train. April, I think. We've been on this guy for a long time. Yep. Tyler Boyd. Um, Tyler Boyd had a very good season last year. Um, was he a rookie last year? No, he's up. a third-year player. Is he a third-year player? Yes, sir. So he, but he did kind of come out of nowhere. He didn't really do anything. He was the before. third wide receiver. He was drafted, and then he sat behind guys. He was the third wide receiver to start the season behind John Ross, I believe. 
Uh, and then when AJ got hurt, he came in and then he kind of took over and now he's the wide receiver too. Right. Um, or wide receiver one for the next four weeks. <laughs> so here's the thing with Tyler Boyd that I love. He's on your fantasy team. Well, that and, <laughs> but no, I mean, even just like the reason I drafted him. Right. Yeah. Right. I keep dropping things every time it's my turn to talk. <laughs> This is my turn to talk like it's, <laughs> like we're passing a baton. We are. Dude, give it back. We literally have a baton Dude, pro, in, give it back. in the studio. <clears throat> anyway, Tyler Boyd, to me, so last season yeah. when he was very good, he had Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Right. He was, I saw a statistic. Again, I keep just throwing these out. I have to bring sources next time. But, <laughs> but anyway, I was looking at Tyler Boyd before I drafted him. Yep. Right? And I was looking him up. I'm like, oh, Tyler Boyd, let me find something. So I did the numbers, and I think he was the 12th ranked. He mm. was in between 10 or 12 ranked wide receivers in half PPR last year yeah. through the first eight games or so whenever Andy Dalton was playing. Mm. So when Andy Dalton played, he was from ranked 10 to 12. When they brought in Driscoll for the second Jeff half of the Driscoll. season, Andy Dalton was like the th- – or Tyler Boyd was like the 35th, I think, ranked wide receiver. It was in yeah. the 30s. Right. So he dropped big time. Well – People look at the final number and said, well, he started good and finished bad. We don't really know about Tyler Boyd for this year. A.J. Green is going to be out the first yeah. two to four weeks. So that means Tyler Boyd is going to be the WR1 on that team. Right. He's going to get a crap ton of targets. Mm-hmm. And Andy Dalton is going to be his quarterback again, yep. which I think is very underrated. Something people aren't talking about as much as they should Yeah, is his connection with Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. And Andy Dalton, as much as everybody likes to crap on Andy Dalton, including myself, he's much better than Driscoll. Yeah, much better. So I think taking it, Tyler Boyd in like the sixth, seventh round, is no, it's smart, great value. Yeah, no, right. To use the Walmart term, <laughs> great value. Um, and it has big breakup. I'm gonna. Potential. We have to move on to the next guy, but I will run off uh, my thoughts on him. Um, a. He was a second round pick, so they expected him to be this. Mm-hmm. Um, he his breakout age was the ninety third percentile, so he right when he got to college he was good. Um, his third year too. He's third in his third year for third year breakout, and last year he had a fancy point per opportunity of two point oh five, which ranked number twenty among wide receivers. Um, at two point oh five, like I said, good is like one point eight. So he's he's right there. His college dominator, 86th percentile. So he's up there. Like those are the things that matter for wide receivers. Usually you don't look at college metrics and you don't look at a lot of that stuff. Like his spark score, 18th percentile is bad. That's not good. But he's still going to have a really good season. And for me, I think next year, if he does, last year he had 108 targets. If he goes out this year and he gets somewhere upwards of 140, 150 targets, he could finish as a wide receiver one. Low end, but a wide receiver one. I'm trying to look at... Um, so last year he had so compared to T.Y. Hilton right who T.Y. Yep. Hilton finished 12th I yep. think wide receivers last year was that is that sound about right yep. he was in that range if you look at their just numbers from mm-hmm. last season I could be wrong actually let me make sure but I believe Tyler Boyd had 76 catches yeah for over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns yes that's pretty much the exact same numbers as T.Y. Hilton yeah and he was a, he was the second wide receiver right um, he's also as his quarterback. Uh, realistically, he's also uh, better with AJ on the field, but with him off the field, I think there's a chance that he could succeed this year with, cause like you said, Jeff Driscoll was his quarterback when AJ green was off the field. So I don't think that was a correlation with 
him just not mm-hmm. connecting. Imagine if, oh, like, what would those numbers be if Andy Dalton played the whole season? Right. I think he could have had close to 100 receptions. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver, and I think he has breakout potential. I've been talking about him for months. Mm-hmm. Um, my third guy and my final guy is DJ Moore. Yes. I love DJ Moore. I've talked about him a million times. <laughs> he's their first-round pick. He's... Like major, he's a major. I think he's just, this is his third year in the NFL, yep. similar to Tyler Boyd. He has that breakout potential. The only concern for me with DJ Moore is utilization. Like if he was in any other offense right now, mm. he would be he would be crazy, crazy utilized. Like if Carolina he was with, if if he was with like the Packers, he would be like a top five receiver all day. But because he's not targeted that much, and he's on the Carolina Panthers, and they don't throw the ball as much as you would like them to. He has to get targeted 140 to 160 times in order to be a wide receiver one. But I think if he is targeted in that way, he will be a wide receiver one. Yes, so I think he agreed. has breakout potential. To be honest with you, I almost put DJ Moore slash Curtis Samuel because I think one of them is going to, to earn that repertoire. With I think DJ Moore, though, is probably... DJ Moore is probably the guy, but there's a chance that it is Car- Curtis Samuel. I mean, DJ Moore is the most talented receiver Cam Newton's might maybe ever has since yeah. Steve Smith. Right. And that was in the beginning of his career. Right. Where he threw so, 4,000 yards, by the way. He did? Yeah. That's that should be the only time he threw 4,000 yards was well, the first year of his career. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is if DJ Moore is ever going to break out, this is the time. Yep. And I think taking the chance on DJ Moore is a smart move. It's worth the risk in the sixth, round, yeah. You look at the receivers other than Curtis Samuel. Right. On that team, there mm-hmm. isn't anybody. There isn't anybody. DJ Moore will get his fair share of targets. And I think he's definitely worth... Where is he, 7th yeah. round? He's 6th or 7th. I think he's definitely worth a pick there. Yeah. Um, the final guy. Give it to us. All right, listen, Chris Carson was a <laughs> league. He didn't even like tease it. He was like, Chris Carson, right away. All right, Chris Carson was a league winner last year for myself. Had 20 fantasy points in the championship game. Yeah. Clutch. Anyway, you're probably thinking, well, he's not really a breakout. He was solid last year. He was decent last year. He was like, like a good flex at the end of the season. He, up and down the, kind mm-hmm. of the whole year. They were kind of splitting carries between Mike Davis, Rashad Penny. Did I say his name right? You're going to roast me. Rashad Penny. Okay, thank you. Chris Carson. <laughs> but this year, Mike Davis is gone. I think Chris Carson has worked in the passing game. I think he's going to be a high-end RB2 this year. Yeah. And maybe even a low-end RB1 with yep. that kind of potential. Right. As I was saying earlier, the Seahawks love to run the football. Mm-hmm. Them and the Ravens are the two most were the te- two teams that ran the ball most last season. Right. Chris Carson is going to get even more carries than he did last year. Mm-hmm. And he was popping at the end of the year last year. He looked really good. And not only is he going to get more carries this year, he's also going to be utilized in the passing game more this year as I mean, they've talked about it all offseason of him working on yeah. his game with the passing game. I mean, he, to me, is a guy that can really has potential to be an RB1, a low-end RB1 this year that you could yeah. get in the fourth round. I mean, he's climbing up now, mm-hmm. but he's still, like, in some drafts, is going fourth round. Even I saw him go early fifth in the draft I was doing last yeah. night. Like, to me, if you're getting him there, I know you've probably already drafted, but Chris Carson, if you, if you drafted him on your team to be an RB2 or flex, yeah, I think right. you should be very happy about that. For me... Chris Carson, like, I, I try to think about, you know, not not every year works out the same, but history likes to repeat itself sometimes. This year I'm trying to find that, that like, third, fourth-round running back that turns into this year's Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. And there's two guys that I think have the upside to do it. Like, okay. A, and a lot of people are going to be like, you're crazy, but Aaron Jones is one of them. 
Okay. And I think Chris Carson is the other. If Chris Carson, Chris Carson can be an RB, a high end RB two, low end RB one, just on rushing metrics. Like, he literally could do it just on rushing. And if you add fifty catches, forty catches to his repertoire, mm, that's going to be key. That's going to be key, right if there. If that happens, though, he ends up he's he ends up a top five running backs. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that he will, but. If he's utilized in that way, he stays healthy. He gets twelve hundred yards on the ground and five hundred yards through the air, and gets like twelve rushing touchdowns. Like he's he's there. You know what I mean? Um, but that'll do it for our top three breakouts on this episode. Be sure to listen on Thursday as we do our final. Or <laughs> I really need to change my notes. <laughs> we did our mock draft last week. Be sure to listen on Thursday as we discuss our week one matchups Ooh. and discuss. Guess what we're talking about next starts week? Starts and sits for week one. We're talking about NFL football. It's starting. Real NFL, Real NFL, football. NFL football. Thursday. Be sure to listen Thursday morning. Don't forget to check out the Fantasy Champions. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Talk to you Thursday, Fantasy Champs. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.